Welcome to the city's backyard with Matt Zako, a podcast that interviews all walks of life from their own backyard. The city's backyard starts now. We are going out to the West Coast with Wendy Wagner. She was born in Los Angeles. She is one of Hollywood's leading session vocalists. Uh, she's appeared on all kinds of you know, different songs, whether it's Top 40 or, or classic rockers like Ringo Starr and Neil Young. She's appeared on songs of uh, artists like uh, Britney Spears, Selena Gomez, Kelly Clarkson, Miley Cyrus, Michael Buble, Barbara Streisand, Katie Lang. Is that enough? Is that enough, Wendy? I mean, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> you're very funny. <laughs> Well, you're you're very cute for those that can't see. Aw, you're this very podcast. sweet. <laughs> that's uh, very sweet. Uh, I don't feel cute these days, but thank you. <laughs> that's the beautiful thing of an audio podcast. And I like Yay. to tell people when they say to me, how come you don't do video? I, I say, well, you can multitask while listening to an audio <laughs> podcast. And Robert Plant has plenty of money being from, you know, Led Zeppelin. And he even does an audio podcast. I think it's called... Uh, Digging Deep or Digging Deeper, but it's an audio podcast. And I love theater of the mind and you have a great voice. So oh. why not talk about what you do with your voice? Now, let me get this straight, Wendy. So you, you're an actress, but you're mainly, you know, a vocalist, right? I'm not an actress. I, oh, there, okay. is an, there is an actress with my name, I think, or that somehow on like IMDb, it credits me as an actress. Oh, but that's, I, that's, yeah, that's why. I would fall down laughing, I think, if <laughs> I had to be put on the spot like that. Um, yeah, no, I'm just a singer. And um, obviously, you're just I, a singer in a rock and roll band, like I'm the Moody Blues song. Rock, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So, no, I'm a singer. I'm a songwriter. I'm also um, a vocal contractor and producer, vocal producer, music producer, but mostly vocals. That's kind of what I focus on. But you've done now, you've done some TV commercials, voicing stuff or, or no? Um, I've done a lot of EO stuff, uh, mostly for commercials that I've been singing on. So I did, you know, gosh, I worked for Mattel for Barbie for like 21 years um, and basically whenever I would do the, the, you know, the commercials, I would generally get the VO or, you know, every other one I would get the VO. Some stuff I've done just VO, but, you know, mostly it's, um, singing. And okay, like, well, you know, all kinds of different commercials, everything from, you know, Coca-Cola to, you know, uh, furniture stores. Walmart. To Exactly. Macy's, Lexus, yeah. Dell, Kmart, yeah, Disney. Toyota is one of my big clients. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, kind of whatever product comes along, obviously, that I don't completely disagree with and that I'm okay putting my voice to. And um, it's, you know, that's kind of where my union career started was in television commercials. Wow. So SAG? Yes. Yep. That's basically how that started um, was just, you know, back in the day, I hate to say, I mean, I didn't come up in like the 80s or the time where, you know, you could sing on a Coca-Cola commercial and make a million dollars. I did not come up in that time, but I did come up in a time that was super cool in the late, uh, like 1999, early 2000, 
where, you know, I would just do commercial after commercial day after day, just go to different music houses all over Los Angeles. And um, it was super fun and super lucrative. We unfortunately don't have that, you know, it doesn't really happen anymore, that, that career as far as like singing on commercials, at least in Los Angeles, it's, it's not, there's just maybe two music houses left and that's kind of a drag. But most everything they're doing now is just non-union and yeah, that's that's know. what I do now, non-union because I was a radio guy for the most part, yeah, and TV behind the scenes marketing uh, production. But uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. They almost favor the non-union actors because they're cheaper, right? Yeah, you know it's it's complicated. I mean, the best jobs generally are you know with the best budgets and the best companies and the best networks like you know i just recently finished a new television show on fox that you know they just do it right they have covid protocols it's all union they really take care of people financially and otherwise you know um with that union there's so much protection not only do we get medical insurance and pensions um, from it, but you know, there's 24 seven, uh, mental health availability. There's, I mean, it's just an incredible union to be a part of. And I've been so blessed to have been working, you know, on the SAG and after a contract for so long that I do have a nice pension when I get old enough to retire. Um, it's sad to see it go away, but I do understand both sides of the fence because you know, I've been a songwriter on certain projects where they'll want to hire a male singer to come in and sing. And we have, I don't know, $7,500 for a complete production budget, which is terrible. But, um, you know, on a pretty decent project, but they'll give us that all in. That's to pay all the musicians, to pay everybody, to pay the producer for his time. And then the singer, you know, will want five grand of that because it's SAG-AFTRA. And wow. I understand where that sometimes can be confusing and feels a little unfair, especially to producers and songwriters who are on the other side of the glass going, wait a second, this singer just came in and sang for a half hour and they're making all this money and we're making zilch, you know, mm -hmm. for all their time. So... I've been on both sides of the glass and I do understand, but when you're lucky enough to primarily do union work, which is what I do primarily as a singer, there's really, gosh, there's no comparison, but I'm seeing more and more of it shift over and it's, it's sad. There's, you know, what do you do about it? You try and not do non-union work. Um, you try to, you know, stay um, true to the union and is tight with all the different union singers, but it's really tough. It's a, it's a challenging thing for a lot, a lot of singers. I've been super lucky to get to turn down non-union work, but a lot of singers don't. So you kind of have to go with, you know, what's going on today. And COVID devastated the music community. I mean, just devastated us. And for people to try and get back on their feet, um, you know, you when it comes down to feeding your kids and paying your mortgage, I, you know, some people just, you got to make the decision that's right for you, you know? Yeah, well, I think just listening to you and, and reading about you on your website, you do a lot of things. And I think today, more people 
have to do more than one thing. And being vocal contractor, you're getting other vocalists work. Yeah. But it's not, so it's just not all glamour of windy on everything out there. You know, yeah. you're, you're, you're hooking up other artists, but you're also making money. It's sort of like what is that sort of like a booking agent role in a way? Well, yeah, it kind of is. Um, as a session singer, we don't have any kind of representation like that. We don't have managers or booking agents, which I always thought was kind of strange. Um, but we don't. We get our, our work through word of mouth and um, wow. other singers that we know, producers, songwriters that we meet to get to get us work. Um, even the union doesn't get you work. You know, um, you have to kind of go out there and hit the pavement to get your own work. And vocal contractors basically are people who um, know most of the singers that are out there, know what all of their different capabilities are. So I'll get a call for someone who's looking for someone who can sound like James Brown or someone who can sound like, you know, um, Cyndi Lauper, you know, like, I mean, it can go the complete spectrum of whatever they're looking for. Um, or we're looking for um, a seven-year-old singer, someone who can sound seven years old. You know, it just depends on what they're looking for. And they'll go to someone like me. And there's also um, a handful of other people in Los Angeles that are, you know, vocal contractors that kind of know what everybody does really well. And we know who to call for that job. And we also call each other. If I, you know, I'll get asked for some of the most peculiar things like, uh, one time I was vocal contracting on a Disney project and it was for Disneyland and it was um, a very specific project that they needed, a very specific accent. It was a region of Italy and it had to be um, a very specific kind of accent and without telling you every little detail for a specific ride and I had to search high and low for this very specific singer. And I would reach out to other vocal contractors and say, do you know anybody who is from this region of Italy? Do you know anybody? And and I ended up finding this person through other people that know other people. It's kind of a big clump of, um, you know, a community, uh, small, but also very large. It's kind of strange. Um, I also had to do another contracting job for Disney and I had to find whistlers <laughs> for, but they couldn't be like what you're thinking like you know hoo, 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 hoo. Uh -huh. I can't whistle very well it had to be a very specific whistle from Switzerland um, you know these kind of things are strange and hard to find sometimes so that's what vocal contractors do we basically know who is up and coming we know who does what best i know who to call for beyonce or for pink or for you know uh bruno mars anything that they need that vibe for and uh we basically submit generally two to three singers uh, for each job and we send it out to the producer or the you know the network or the production company and then they choose who they want from that list so it's a this really cool job yeah, this is this is so cool uh, to talk to you, not only because you're on the West Coast, but you've gone on tour with some musicians. And I, I know that you've toured with Joe Walsh on the on the Tom Petty 40th anniversary tour, right? Yeah, that was uh, I've toured with Joe on and off for I think I did three or four different 
tours with him, but on I, the last one that we did, I think it was the second to the last tour I did with Joe, um, we were opening for Tom Petty uh, right before he passed away. Yeah, I want to hear, I'm a major Tom Petty fan, and a lot of people okay. are, so I want to hear a little bit about that and some other things, and also, you're also married to a musician, and we're not going to say who that is until after the break to okay. keep people, you know, hang, hanging on, but more <laughs> with, <laughs> yeah, we got to tease it, but uh, more with <laughs> Wendy Wagner, and you can Google her, uh, Wendy, like like the weather, it's, it's windy out there, yes, I right? Yes, I had hippie parents. <laughs> I was going to say, you must they must have teased you a lot in, in, in uh, grade school, right? You, oh, yeah, I've had, <laughs> I've had a lot of it. <laughs> it's a great name, though, and, and it's a, it's a perfect, perfect name for, for a vocalist, a singer, Wendy <laughs> Wagner. I mean, it just rolls off your tongue. So more with Wendy coming up right after this. You have arrived. There's a new shop in Westport showcasing goods from around the globe. Behind every destination is a journey. Destination House is a unique gallery and home decor store, now with two locations in Montauk and Westport. Destination House is curated with an artistic coastal flair. The design, accessories, art, and photography reflect a range of styles from rock and chic to Montauk bohemian and more. Check out DestinationHouse.com. That's house, spelled H-A-U-S. Visit them in Montauk or at 56 River. Riverside Avenue in Westport. Dave and Charlie's Hometown Deli is your go-to neighborhood deli for breakfast, lunch, and an afternoon bite, providing Boar's Head ingredients and fresh bread coming daily from Terranova Bakery in the Bronx. 300 Strawberry Hill Avenue, Norwalk. DCHometownDeli.com. Visit Rory's Restaurant, 416 Post Road in Darien. Rory's is where it's always delicious. Try their great selection of mouth-watering appetizers, hot and cold sandwiches, scrumptious entrees, and outrageous soups. Check out their menu at rorys.net or call 203-655-9453 for takeout or curbside pickup. Open seven days. The Reading Beer Company is open. Check out a variety of all the usual suspects of independent craft beer, from the American Wheat Ale and East Coast IPA to great specials like Connecticut Porter and Reading Ole Ale. Order online at ReadingBeer.com. At Reading Beer Company, their mission is to make exceptional classic and historic beer and ales. The Reading Beer Company, 7 Main Street, Reading. From hot to cold, breakfast to lunch, JV's Deli has something for everyone. Having a family get-together or need to feed the working crew, JV specializes in thin crust pizza, deli sandwiches, pasta, and more. 15 Tyranny Street, up the road from City Hall. Check out their great menu at jvsdeliandpizza.com. We're back. You're listening to The City's Backyard. We are out near what near Los Angeles, Wendy. What part of California are you uh, checking in from? What backyard are you in? I am in a wonderful, incredibly beautiful place called Agoura Hills, California, and it's we are in the mountains in the Santa Monica Mountains, basically five hundred feet from Malibu. So we're kind of. In Malibu, and we're kind of in Agoura. We're like five mile. I mean, like five miles from Agoura, five miles from the ocean. So oh, we're wow. like in the mountains. We're so blessed. We unfortunately did lose our home and our recording studio in a fire um, about three and a half, well, almost four years ago. And that's what I'm doing right now is putting our rebuild back together. And we are actually 
sleeping in our house like for the first week and um, trying to get everything squared away and the internet up and you know all that wonderful stuff but it is such a beautiful beautiful area we're super blessed I'm glad that you know we were able to connect because I know you know we were texting to get this podcast together and so sorry about what happened to your home but Um, isn't that isn't that part of California life you've got to deal with fires right I mean and I don't know. I was born and raised here, and I do not remember, like, growing up with, oh, no, it's fire season. I mean, honestly, it's definitely something new. Wow. I know that Malibu has always caught on fire about every 30 years. Um, and it's, you know, I think with Malibu, as beautiful as it is, there's a lot of environmentalists and a lot of um, protection agencies and stuff. So they, they don't... They won't like, you know, cut down a tree or they won't do something that might endanger um, an animal, which is, you know, amazing. It's an amazing place to live. But then it sets up a lot of conditions like where brush overgrows and there's a lot of open space where, you know, fires can just take off and go crazy. But again, growing up, I'm a valley girl. I grew up in the valley. I just don't remember there being fires all the time and sorry about the construction sounds i was gonna say well, there might not be fires but there's something else going on i'm out there. sorry i'm sorry but literally uh 92 of us lost our home and only 12 of us were able to rebuild and uh we started rebuilding years ago and it just took forever to get so this place done and now people are still building around yeah, it's been crazy. Now all our neighbors are rebuilding, and now there's a tractor starting up outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this is the world we're living in. I mean, even when, you you know, I used to go into the city a lot to yeah. audition for voiceovers, and now I basically have a studio in my basement. So yeah. I've landed yeah. some gigs, and, you know, wouldn't you know it, uh, I, I landed, like, this video game voiceover, and it was day two of it and you know the the leaf blower next door oh. starts like blowing near my driveway oh. and i had to go yeah. up and it, it was fine I, they stopped doing it and but th- this is what we have to deal with so talking about who you're married to uh, yeah. a classic rock guy chad cromwell is a, is the drummer for neil young right yes and and amongst many others but he's been with neil on and off for over 30 years um and with mark knopfler uh joe walsh i mean he's he you know he is the most amazing guy that is so humble and you'd never ever know and to this day we've been together six years and literally a song will come on the radio and i'm like oh i love this song and he'll say yeah when we recorded it and i'm like smacking (laughs) him in the car and i'm like what you played on this and you never told me i mean it is unbelievable he's one of the most recorded drummers in Nashville history and I just had to reorder our Grammy nomination certificates you know because we lost them in the fire I have four okay in my very long career (laughs) I have four Chad has 35 wow it's just like unbelievable he won't let me hang the gold platinum right he won't let me hang any of that up but I convinced him that I could wallpaper our guest bathroom with his Grammy <laughs> wins and nominations. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's what he calls his least favorite room. Once they come in, it'll be very fun to do. But um, yeah, he's he's a monster. He continues to play on 
everything with Kenny Chesney, like every record Kenny Chesney has done. I mean, Miranda Lambert, I mean, Carrie Underwood, all of the contemporary stuff, all the way to Jackson Brown, Bonnie Raitt, uh, Peter Frampton. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. He's done, a, you know, a lot of stuff with Disney and he just did this television show with me on Fox called Monarch. Um, that is about country music and uh, starring Susan Sarandon and Trace Atkins. Wow. And we're really excited. He, he was in, in the band and I was one of the singers. And, That's and so cool. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Speaking of different artists, you know, from, from not only different genres, but different ages. So you've worked with people like Britney Spears and Selena Gomez, but then Neil Young and Ringo Starr. So, yeah. and Barbara Streisand. Um, so, I mean, how, how does that work? Do you have to kind of put yourself in a younger frame of mind? Are the egos bigger with the younger people because they're not as mature? I mean, well, you know, what's interesting is, um, and exp please excuse the tractor. <laughs> it's just <laughs> amazing. Um, so it's interesting. The younger artists are not really that involved. <clears throat> excuse me. They're, they're not as involved as, the established artist. Whenever I work on a Ringo record, he's there. We work at his facility. He's in the room. He's present. He's feet away from you, involved in the process. Um, one of my absolute, absolute favorite Ringo uh, stories, because I'm always just like in awe and, you know, going, oh my God, I can't believe I'm at Ringo Starr's house and this is happening to me. And I mean, I'm going through the whole thing. I'm such a huge. Beatles fan and uh, one day we were singing and it was kind of a Beatlesque kind of thing he was doing and I said I suggested I was like do you want to do something Beatlesque and I'm like asking Ringo Starr and forgetting <laughs> where I am and then I kind of thought uh oh and he had this very interesting pause on his face and he looked up like he was looking nervous and he looked at me and he said John likes it and I just died because it was like here I am you know, working with Ringo Starr. Um, and, and he was that, looking up up into the heaven? He was looking uh, heavens. up uh, in the heavens, and then he said, John likes it, and then he and then he said, let's go, let's do it, you know? And oh, it was, wow. Yeah, it was just really incredible. Um, with the younger artists, they generally lean on their producers, so you work with their producers. I've done, I can't even tell you how many Britney Spears demos, records, uh, I mean, on and on and on and on. I've never met her. Um, so it's just, you know, uh, working with people like Neil Diamond, Rod Stewart, um, oh gosh, I mean, it goes on and on and on. Neil Young. Neil Young is next to you in the vocal booth, like literally hands on, you know, oh, let me play this on the piano. Let me show you this part I'm thinking of. And then he comes and sings it with you. And then you're singing. Um, that kind of involvement comes from artists, I think, that are just more, you know, they're, they're just, it's a different generation. They're more involved. Selena Gomez, um, Kelly Clarkson, Katy Perry even. Well, Katy Perry's more involved, but I've never met any of these artists. You oh, know, wow. Because you just, you get hired. Well, they're, they're on Facebook. <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> they're on Instagram. They, they you know, even, it's, yeah. that, that's what the younger people do. It's like all on their device. You know, they're always on their devices. Whereas, you know, the older school people are just kind of like, ah, 
<laughs> I got the flip phone or whatever, you know, I mean, yeah, they're just, yeah, they're just, it's so, you know, when you get called for, you know, an iconic artist like that, like someone like Joe Walsh or, uh, Katie Lang or someone like that, you know, you, they're there, they're with you, they're involved in the, in the process. And I'm not saying some of these younger people aren't, but at least in my experience, I haven't really had that experience. It's mostly, you know, with today, I am such a huge, like, candy pop fan. Like, I love BTS. I love all these incredible bands that are just so pop. Um, you know, and I think the producer, it's all in the producer's hands. It's like, what are we going to do to these vocals? You know, you stack, you know, 60 tracks and, and you're razor blade singing and then you're, you're ghosting behind the lead vocalist and then you're adding breath tracks and you're doing all of this contemporary sounding stuff. When you sing with Neil Young, you're doing one track, and if it's out of tune, he likes it. <laughs> it's kind of like, I like it, did you like it? Okay, let's move on, you know? It's a vibe, um, and it's very different. It's, the, it's just very, it's treated very differently. Um, so that's kind of been my experience. Great segue, you know, you mentioned Joe Walsh and we wanted to get back to the, you know, when you were on tour warming up for Tom Petty. So, yeah. you know, go, going back to how COVID has changed things for musicians and artists, because, you know, you can't play out uh, when we're, you know, we were under lockdown and so forth. But yeah. just going back to the Tom Petty tour, um, did you get to meet Tom and, and the Heartbreakers or, or yeah. what? You know, it was a little interesting, to be honest with you. Um, we were touring with Joe Walsh as Joe Walsh and, you know, Joe would have opening bands. Um, and then we co-headlined with Bad Company, which was, oh, amazing because I am a huge Paul Rogers fan. And Love I have funny stories about that guy, but like, you know, we don't have enough time. But it, oh my gosh, he was so much fun and so great. And I literally would have my hair in curlers trying to get ready for to go on stage and you know all the false eyelashes and everything hadn't been put on yet and I'm on on side of the stage literally listening to his his vocal um, feed just to listen to him that was amazing so we came off of that to be in an opening position with um, Tom Petty and we were a little sequestered it was like a little unusual for us like Tom Petty's band and his crew and all of his people were like, and we were doing stadium, not stadiums, like arenas. Mm -hmm. So he would be on one side of the arena and then we would be on another side of the arena. It wasn't so like together. There wasn't a lot of shared space, but, um, you know, a couple guys from his band would come by, um, his guitar player, um, Mike, why am I spacing on his last name? Oh, Mike Campbell. Yeah. Mike Campbell. Oh, I love him and love Boys of Summer. And I mean, of course, I told him that the second I met him. He would come into our dressing room and hang out with us. Um, and he was super friendly. And, you know, we were, again, kind of far away from the other group. And we didn't really spend a lot of time with him. But we'd go out and watch Soundcheck and check him out. And we did get to meet Tom Petty briefly. You know, he would mostly kind of stay to himself. To be honest with you, I don't know if he was feeling very well because, and I think it was a hip replacement or something yeah. he was preparing for. And so he was kind of alone a lot. And then they would go to get him and he would come to the stage on a golf cart. Oh, so wow. So we knew something was up. You know, we were like, huh, like, 
you know, and he and he would be smoking, you know, like sitting on the back of the golf cart. So it wasn't like it was a like a heart issue or a health issue, but we could tell he was having a hard time walking and we couldn't tell why. And nobody really told us. And uh, and Chad and I um, stayed and, and watched the shows as much as we could. I'm a huge Tom Petty fan, too. I'm right there with you. And uh, it was so incredible that the shows were incredible to watch. And then uh, literally, you know, I think a couple weeks, two or three weeks after we left that uh, that show or that we basically another opener came on in our t- in our position and we went on and, and did Joe Walsh headlining stuff. Uh, that's when he passed away. Wow. We are talking to Wendy Wagner, and uh, she is one of Hollywood's leading session vocalists. We're going to take a quick break and come back right after these words. Bistro Mediterranean and Tapas Bar is open and serving the best tapas in town. Come enjoy dinner and choose from their wide selection of red and white wine, sangria, and cerveza as well. Bistro Mediterranean and Tapas Bar with three locations, Westbrook, East Haven, and Norwalk. Enjoy happy hour drink prices Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. along with their full dinner menu, including tapas. Hey, can't find New York-style pizza in Connecticut? Check out Planet Pizza at 607 Main Avenue, Norwalk. Dave's Planet Pizza of Norwalk. Order now at planetpizzanorwalk.com. Hey, how about a great sandwich for lunch or delicious breakfast and cappuccino? This is Sergio. Come and see me at Francesca's Cafe and Grill right here on the Post Road in Norwalk, 249 Westport Avenue. Your friend Sergio here does it all. From Italy to Norwalk to coffee and cannolis. Francesca is truly a piece of Italy right here in Hard Norwalk. Check out our great menu at francescasdeli.com. Live theater is back and in your own backyard at Curtain Call. There's always something on at Curtain Call at the Sterling Farms Theater Complex, Newfield Avenue in Stamford. For half the price of a Broadway ticket, a family of four can see a show at Curtain Call. Call 203 461 6358. Or go online to CurtainCallInc.com. That's CurtainCallInc.com. The Wall Street Tavern in Norwalk is now open with their cool rock and roll decor. For more info, log on to WallStreetTAVFortavern.com. That's WallStreetTAV.com. 102 Wall Street, Norwalk. If you like what you're hearing or would like to become a sponsor, then be sure to follow us and text us on Instagram at the city's backyard and on facebook it's facebook.com slash the city's backyard now back to the show we are back with wendy wagner this is so much fun talking to you wendy about you know all these musicians that you've um, played with and sung backup vocals and so forth so let me ask you this as we wind down you know the last segment here of the podcast um what do you enjoy more, being on the road touring or recording in the studio? Oh, my gosh. That's a tough question. I would say about three weeks into a tour, <laughs> I would much rather be home. And when I'm at home, I would much rather be out on tour. I think what it is is when you do tour, especially at the level of like someone like Joe Walsh, the hotels are amazing. The accommodations are amazing. Um, when we started his last tour, I think it was the the Bad Company one, we started at um, 
the Ritz-Carlton, I forgot what city we were in, um, but literally we had two or three days off. So me and the other background singers hung out by the pool and, you know, kind of went out to dinner and, you know, just kind of we're, we're tourists and just hung out and then, oh, we have to work on Thursday, you know. It is a very, um, how do I say, spoiled, um, selfish. Fantasy world. <laughs> Non-like real life. Right. You know, I, I have a son. I'm a mom. And even though my son is older, he's 17. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, there's, you know, I'm still co-raising him with my ex-husband. There's a lot of back and forth. There's school. There's there's responsibilities. There's, you know, it's a day-to-day of of being, um, you know, responsible, taking care of a home, taking care of your car, taking care of whatever your pets. When you're on tour, you just shut off and right. you're not available to that. So yeah. it's all selfish. It's, you know, you do your job, obviously, but for the 23 other hours a day or 22 and a half hours that you have free, it's just, um, it's a non real life existence and very circus like. And very fun and very easy in comparison to being a session singer and, you know, getting your jobs and and getting to the session and doing the job and, you know, and doing real life and taking out the trash and making sure food, you know, you got food in the refrigerator and, you know, I mean, you're doing regular life in addition to a normal job. So touring is is definitely easier. And I know my touring friends if they hear this, are going to hate me because <laughs> they don't think it is, you know, they really don't. But, you know, when, you're, when your house burns down and then you're going through COVID and, you know, you're living in an RV temporarily and like, I mean, it's just been an interesting, <laughs> it's been an interesting last few years. And Yeah, it's I, been crazy. Uh, you know, you, you've uh, sang on more than 450 songs for that Fox TV show Glee. Uh, yeah. You've been a lip sync coordinator. You, you sang on the Oscars, Jimmy Kimmel, Kelly Clarkson, and more. Uh, you've you've done you know obviously live performances. We just talked about you, but you sang in motion pictures, uh, The Lorax, Rock of Ages, Legally Blonde, Jungle Book Two, The Muppets, Repo Man, all, all that <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, so winding down and closing out. The, the podcast with you, which has been so cool. Um, just quickly, you know, we got to give out your, your website and so forth, but just doing the remote recording, um, have you sort of embraced that or do you just, do you, would you rather go out to the studio and see people? You know, I started remote, con- uh, remote recording when I was pregnant. So 18 years ago, my dad and my brother helped convert our garage into an incredible recording studio. I just wanted to be home more. And at the time I was doing four sessions a day, I was going from Hollywood to Studio City back, you know, I mean, back and forth back, you know, in, in LA, when you're driving from the valley to the west side, or down to Orange County, we're talking hours in the car. This isn't just like, oh, I'll hop, skip and jump. It would be all day driving and getting to different locations and trying not to be late and people are waiting for you in the studio. So I just started telling my clients, you know, if you want me to sing on your stuff, you got kind of have to come to me. So I started that about 18 years ago. And then I did start missing, you know, the, the vibe of a real studio and seeing other singers and other musicians. And um, so I started going back out to studios and now I kind of do both. I think I was really set up very well when COVID happened because um, I've been recording myself 
for that many years. And um, I produce my own vocals. I edit them all. I send them all back to the producer. So I've been engineering for a long time. Um, but yeah, I mean, especially after COVID, just getting to go to a recording studio was like, oh, you know, like it was incredible to like see another person, even though you still couldn't hug them, you know, or be near them really, um, you know, closely. Um, it's still great to go out to an, another studio. I think it, I think I prefer it. When and do I we, do engineering. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We have about a minute left, so why don't you just give out your website and so you know people can follow you on social media and sure, uh, sure. yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm at windywagner.com, so it's windy like uh, windy day, and um, my Facebook is Windy Wagner, and my Instagram is Windy Wagner, and I mostly post you know about my career. Obviously, I do some personal things about my kid and stuff, but mostly it's about you know music and session singing or, and, and Chad, you know, my husband, I'm, I'm, I'm probably his number one fan. And, uh, I psycho fan about him a lot because <laughs> he won't do it. And literally his fans will write me and say, uh, what symbols does he use or what, what did he use on this, you know, song yeah. and I'll ask him and get back to them. Cause he just doesn't even, he doesn't well, even that stuff. <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. So maybe we can have on Chad some other time. Yeah. Um, it's been great having you in the backyard of California. Lindy <laughs> Wagner, yeah. thanks so much for being in the city's backyard today. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for your patience with me and uh, and all the construction sounds and, and COVID and everything else. So I really appreciate it. That puts a wrap on another edition of the city's backyard. We'll be back next week with more interesting topics great guests and fun conversation about what's happening in and around your community. That's it for now. We'll see you soon.